What would life look like if our good intentions were inspired enough, empowered enough, and challenged enough so that all those dreams became real, tangible good in the world? On Practice Good Podcast, you will find authentic stories, challenging conversations, and real responses that will inspire, empower, and challenge your social impact journey. But this isn't all. Good business and good programs and good social enterprise are only as good as the health of their leader. And on this podcast, we will pay special attention, not only to the good that we give to the world, but to the good that we live within ourselves, our soul care. Welcome to Practice Good, a podcast for change makers. I'm your host, Shiloh Kashima, practitioner of good, pastor, and mom of two spicy Nigerian littles. Get ready as we turn your good intentions into positive change. Welcome back to the Practice Good Podcast. This is Shiloh, and today's guest I am extremely excited about. He is kind of off the beaten path from what we are used to. We are normally used to working with social entrepreneurs and people who are running nonprofits. And what I am so excited to to talk about today is is something that's going to impact every one of us listening because this is something we deal with every day as a human, every day as a nonprofit leader or as an activist. And so today we have Chris Templeton with us. He is the founder of The Stories We Tell, and we're going to dig into some incredible and difficult and greasy and muddy topics today that I can't wait to talk about. Welcome, Chris. Hey, Shiloh. Thank you so much for having me. I love greasy, muddy subjects. They're the best kind. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I was I was actually just telling a friend the other day, I'm like, I have always envisioned that my podcast would be one that really just digs deep. And I feel like I need to go to another level. So I am so glad I was introduced to you. And I'm so glad that we get to kind of work through some of the sweetness of life, but also some of the junk. <laughs> Yeah, the 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 junk is important, isn't it? And and uh, and when we when we're willing to take a look at it a little deeper, uh, it it has a tendency to create some really good stuff as a result. I love it. And um, so, Chris, why don't you tell everybody about the stories we tell, or the stories sure. we tell ourselves, and give us some of the history, how it started, and um, and then we can dig into like the meat of it. Okay, sure. Um, in 2003, as she loved to call herself, and and I still love to call her it, my evil stepmother um, said, "Hey, I read a book, and you might might enjoy it. It's called Oh uh, the Oh the Oh the Stories We Tell. It's called <laughs> The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Oh, and yeah. it and basically the thing that he said right up front is, you know, uh, we are all all of us, every single one of us." really, really good at driving ourselves insane in certain parts of our lives. And, you know, basically it, it hit me in a big way. You know, I think my first reaction was, no, 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 no. That's all, that's everything else. That's not me. And as I read through it, you know, there's more and more resonance with what he's saying. And what became clear really quickly is, you know, we all are in situations that we don't like. They're all, all we're all going to experience those types of things. But man, are we good, so good at taking 
a situation that's not great and just doubling down on it and making it worse and worse and worse. And we don't recognize that we're doing it. We keep thinking, oh, well, that's, you know, I'm just responding naturally to what's going on. But what we do is we tell stories about what's going on and we have this part of us that is uh, that is the little devil inside which mm. i like to call the protector mm. and the protector just is really there for the right reasons and really really crappy at uh, really good at, at finding the problems and really crappy at doing anything to alleviate them so instead of moving towards solutions um, with that little protector the devil inside uh, hard at work things get way worse instead of way better and so it just hit me and what i ended up doing was coming up with three questions really simple and and i just quick step back i want everybody to know that i'm not a therapist i'm not trained in psychology or psychiatry or anything like that and this is all about common sense all about common sense and so the three questions are what's the story i'm telling is this story serving me in this moment in this moment in this moment it could have served me yesterday could have served me a decade ago could have served me when i was a child but right here now is it serving me and it's just something we know and then if it's not serving me is there a more authentic story i can tell and so you know going back to stories stories is just anything that i'm thinking or visualizing okay about myself or about the world around me my kids, my my partner, politically, geopolitically, whatever, whatever you're thinking about. And then is it serving me? Like, is this moving me in a direction that I authentically want to go? Right. And when we recognize that, oh my gosh, we have a whole shift in who and how we behave on the planet and then or in my family in my place of work in my community um and so them being able to tell a more authentic story really is about how do i tell a story that serves me in this moment that's and and typically as a result serves those around me Mm. So I, I'm all about uh, the first place I heard you say in uh, one of the podcasts uh, about the good we live within ourselves. Yes. Um, man, oh man, this is all about that. Mm. And and I love that because a lot of what we focus on is how we're giving good to the world. And then I'll kind of throw a question in at the end that's like, okay, well, how are you living good within yourself? And um but I love that this episode is just all about the good that we live within ourselves, because I think that so oftentimes we want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. We sure. get to this place in our lives where we want to give back. We want to do something good. And we do it often to the extent to where burnout is somewhere in the horizon. And I, I had to take a step back and be like, okay, Shiloh, like, 
how are you, you're giving good to the world, but like, how are you living that good internally within yourself? Like all this good stuff that you feel like the world gets to live, like how does Shiloh get to live that? And, and so I actually found myself doing the exact thing you're talking about is going, what stories am I telling myself and how are they serving me? And sometimes I find that I'm like, well, that story doesn't serve me. And then I go, well, clearly it does because I've been telling myself that forever. So what part of that am I holding on to? Is it my comfort zone? Is it um, my laziness? Is it, you know, like, I mean, is it what, what is it that I'm holding on to? And ultimately I'm not getting to the place I want to be in 10 years from now, you mm-hmm. know, talk to me a little bit about why people tell stories that, that, in the moment don't necessarily serve them well. And what can we do even as leaders or people in the helping profession? Like what can we do to get to a space to where our questions are, are, are resulting in better answers and they're, and they're giving us things that serve us now in this moment, not before, or, you know, some other time. Right. Um, l- let me take two steps back and, and come back to answer that. Um, I, I want to share really quickly a, a quote that's I think is foundational to what I'm trying to share with the world and, and your audience. And it's by a guy named Viktor Frankl, and he uh, spent – he was a psychologist. I think he might have actually been a psychiatrist. And uh, he was in the concentration camps in World War II. Oh. And he, in that experience, was able to retain meaning in his life, saw the most hideous things you could possibly imagine and made a commitment not to push it away, not to sprinkle positivity on it or anything like that, but to just be there with it. And he also saw the most amazing grace in people who would, as an example, save a piece of bread for somebody who absolutely needed it and would die without it. Like that. So when you think about this guy in this, just with all these people in this incredibly difficult time, what he walked away with was this. And I think it's just so important. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And I think the first part of the answer to your question is we have a tendency in certain parts of our lives to really not recognize that we're at choice. And and I, I call it living by default, where there's a stimulus of something that I don't like, and I immediately respond. No space between stimulus and response. And what you've been doing with asking questions similar to the ones that that are in this model is each time you ask one of those questions, what's the story I'm telling myself? I'm stepping away, stepping back, and looking more objectively at the situation that I've am telling a story about in my head. And and by the way, the whole reason we use stories is because stories can be edited. Like I want people to recognize that they those stories can be edited, but we need that space. So the first reason that we don't or that we get stuck in stories that don't serve us is because 
that's how we grew up. We develop stories, we develop things that trigger us, and when whenever we're triggered, we have a tendency to go with a default response. And while it may have served us as a kid mm-hmm. or growing up in school, going through school or that sort of thing, they don't tend to send to serve us in this moment. And so right. that's the first part. The second part is going back to this idea of the protector. It's commonly known as the ego, the devil inside, um, you know, whatever you want to call that part of you, that part of you is hardwired. And it's really devious from the standpoint that it wants to pretend it's like, it struggles with wanting to be really important and do things that I'm going to change the world and I'm going to be, but I'm going to be really angry while I'm doing it. (laughs) And I'm not really going to have good solutions, but what we have to recognize is that that part of us is hardwired. It will never go away. And one of the things that it is really good at is saying, gosh, you know, because it doesn't recognize that it's, it's looking at itself, you know, I'll be happy when. And I'll be happy when I've solved the problems of the world is a big one. And, or I'm going to use the problems of the world to really to power him like the, the, or her, the, the protector is powered by negativity. It's all fear-based is where it starts. So the thing that's really important to recognize is that that part of us is there. It's yeah. never going away. And what we need to do is to honor it. We need to put the protector up on a pedestal, especially on the things that we really go off about, like the things that really just set us off. That's when we get to be the, I'm sure you've, (laughs) you've seen this where, you know, somebody's flight gets canceled and they march to the customer service desk. That's the protector and they are mad as hell and they're not going to take it. And the, the customer service agent, zips it, lets that protector just vent. Mm -hmm. And at some point, the person stops and kind of gets a little smile on their face because they're a little embarrassed about what they've just done. Mm -hmm. And then the customer service agent is like, okay, what can we do to solve that? And so we need to do the same same thing with ourselves. This is probably one of the most important things that we can do in terms of our soul care Mm -hmm. is to recognize that part is there, that it really is trying to help, very good at finding the the problems, very poorly equipped to solve them. But as long as we try to push away that part of us, the more power it has over us. And when we say, you know what? I understand what you're there there to do. You commonly called the ego and we think the ego is the enemy, but we're changing that. Right. And, and now I'm going to say, I'm going to listen to what you have to say, and then I'm going to talk you down and we're going to move into a place where we start to be more authentic and we start to be more solution oriented. And so the problem in answer, the second part of the answer to your question is, we're just wired that way, and we have this tendency to let that part of us really rule us in ways that we don't recognize. And, and one of the reasons I'm so thrilled to be with you is 
what you're doing and what you want to help people to do is so important. And we need to help people to understand the challenges that they face internally in doing these things effectively and in a way that uh, don't have us consumed with anger about you know, right. the other side and what they're doing and that sort of thing. Does that answer your question? A hundred percent. Absolutely. And I mean, there's just so many pieces in that that <laughs> remind me of myself and coworkers and, you know, fellow co-laborers in the yep. helping profession, you know, like in this past few years, just with all the turmoil and everything around us in our culture, I think there has been a lot of anger. And I think a lot of people that protector has risen up. And a lot of times when we go into these professions, we go in as a young, hopeful, energetic, you know, all the, all the life-giving kind of light parts of ourselves. And yeah, as we go through it, you, you see, I mean, even if you look at social workers, I mean, they, the turnover is like 18 months. I mean, you get in there, you're hopeful, and then you have too many cases and you start seeing case after case that you can't solve and that the system is just not suited to solve. And eventually you leave brokenhearted and go into real estate. Right. And so, um, (laughs) you know, like I I see it over and over. And what I would, what I would love is this concept of like, how do we take that and not, connect. I think we're so enmeshed with situation and story. Like Mm -hmm. we think that the narrative we have to give ourselves is connected to that story. Like I had a bad day today, therefore it's bad. Right. Like, but can we, how do we, and maybe Chris, that's, maybe that's something you can help us with today is like, how do we disconnect that situation where we can't control it, that outcome, that tough day, that, you know, I have a hope that our world is going to be a better place, that there's going to be peace and unity and equity. And once again, I've been discouraged. Like, how do we, how do we find, how do we find stories that serve us right now in the midst of that kind of discouragement? (laughs) Well, first of all, there's, there's no magic bullet. I wish there were, Um, (laughs) but, but I'll I'll take another step back and, and we'll, we'll, play with this a little bit. In in my model, the second question is, is this story serving me in this moment? And what I say is, if you were to write that que- the three questions down the left side of a paper mm-hmm. uh, 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 in landscape mode, so it's turn, you know, A4 or 8.5 by 11, turned on its side, okay. question one, top left corner, what's the story I'm telling? Middle left, is it serving me in this moment? And then bottom left, is uh, is there a more authentic story I can tell? Question two, is this story serving me in this moment? If you were to draw a horizontal line across that page, and if we if the answer is no, we say that goes above the line. So the top half of the page is for stories that don't serve me in this moment. Okay. And that is where the protector lives. Mm-hmm. And that so when I'm up there, I'm I'm ruled by the protector. The protector's the part of me that's now telling the stories. And if on the other hand, if I look at a story, and go, yeah, that really does serve me. Yes, and that's the bottom half of the page, and that is where um, we have authenticity. And I, I call the the part of us that handles that is is our narrator, our inner narrator, and and so. <clears throat> 
so much of what happens is that we live, we end up living as we feel more and more powerless because a huge piece of the protector's what what sets the protector into motion is that sense of powerlessness. Like nothing makes the protector rise up more than than feeling like a victim by feeling powerless to do anything. Like that's when and think about it. When you feel that way, the strength of that feeling is really powerful. Like, right. look, we have to recognize that if we want to get out of that area more and more often understanding we're always going to go up there at some point in the day or in the week or whatever as as we get better at it <clears throat> when we recognize that we start to look at things that we can do to to depower to talk down the protector because when we can do that then we go back to a place that's authentic now here's the tough part of it this because of what the types of situations that you're referring to, you know, really wanting to make big, big change in the world and, and feeling like, oh my God, I just can't do it. I'm powerless to do it. I look around and I see what's happening and man, I just naturally migrate back up above that line into little me land and the protectors going off and this is BS and this isn't fair and all of that jazz. And, and so the, the part of the answer is is recognizing that what we're doing is literally driving ourselves crazy like and and so we need to talk ourselves back down and have an authentic conversation with ourselves about the the situation like we need to recognize number 1 especially in in places where you know where there's just rampant corruption or you know abuses of power whatever the case may be that my ability to change things can only happen probably in 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 little bits that gradually accumulate right, right. when we're when we are thinking above the line it, it's either or well i'm not there and that's where i want to be and until that happens i'm just going to be cranky like that is totally little me thinking right when i'm below the line i'm like you know what today was a tough day we never we're never running away from the tough parts of what we acknowledge it and so one of the things that you said is to disconnect with it. I think that what we need to do is connect with it at a different level okay. where where what we're doing is we're recognizing authentically that, you know what, I didn't change the system today, but I helped somebody to have a different perspective. Mm. I helped to I, – I was a little bit of the light that I want to see in the world today. And this is and this is not fluffy. This is not positive thinking. Uh, one of the things that I really have a struggle with is the whole positive thinking movement because so much of what people interpret positive thinking to be is I'm just not going to pay attention to what's going on up there. Right. No, we've got to look at the whole picture and then look at whatever little role I can have. I, one of the things that strikes me is when you're living a meaningful life. It's about all the little things. It's the time that I spent with my boy when he's crying and being able to kiss him on the cheek and, hey, dude, does that feel better now? And they look at you and like, mm-hmm. Well, that's what you what we we have to have reasonable 
expectations about what we're doing. And so often, especially in where we're trying to make change in the world, we we live in little me land in the sense that I'm going to give it everything I can, but the minute that it goes wrong or I feel wronged, now I'm just going to be angry. And that doesn't serve us. So I, I think it's about being realistic and looking at, gee, what is the power that I have in this moment Mm. to help and understand that that's, that's okay for now. That's enough for right now. And it's a hard one. I'm not saying, look, anybody can go, Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) no problem. (laughs) No, it makes complete sense. And I, I feel like it's, it's not a positivity movement. It's just a, it's a realism. It's, and I like the word you use, which is like having an authentic conversation. It's Mm -hmm. just, what is real here? Like, what can I say? Like I've had, I've been a little bit of the light that I want to see in the world today. And, you know, I, I really love that. I actually was, I was reading this book actually more like listening on audible (laughs) the other day. Um, It's called the gift of being yourself by David Benner. And I, I've just kind of, as you know, working in, I mean, I've literally been working in nonprofit since I was like 17, like, and, and more than half, more than half my life. And I go through these cycles of like, I mean, which I think is really, really common for for a lot of people who've been doing this for a while. But like, I go through these cycles of like pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. And this is what I want to do with my life. I love this. Like, I want to see people, you know, being able to live in freedom and their fullest version of themselves. And then I, it kind of catches up with me and I feel like I've lost myself and I'm kind of going, who is Shiloh? And what is her favorite color and what does she love and what are her hobbies and why did all that go away? And when did it go away? And then I'm cycling back to like identity, like who am I? And I have to like restart and reassess. And what I realized the other day when I was taking a walk and listening to that book is that like, as a child, I told myself the story that if I disappeared, so like I, to give you a little bit of context, I had my mom and my dad, I had an older brother and it was mainly the four of us until I was 15 and my younger brother was born. So, um, there was a lot of turmoil between my parents and my brother. And so as a kid, as the youngest at the time, for most of my life, I tried to just smooth the waters all the time. Just Mm -hmm. if I can just make everybody happy, if I can do extra dishes and extra this and extra that. So if I can disappear. So all the way to the point of like, I didn't have favorite colors. I didn't, I didn't have hobbies other than what my parents wanted me to do. Um, I wouldn't explore new things. And that, even though I processed through that in my early 20s, comes back to, it resurfaces every like 10 years or so. And I found myself literally taking a walk the other day going, you're doing it again, Shiloh. You're telling yourself that if you disappear, that you're worthy and that you're, you're loved, you're lovable when you disappear. And I have to like restart and go, what story can I tell myself to serve myself better, to better take care of myself, to better put healthy boundaries up and have times of solitude and art or whatever I need? Like, how do I rediscover that? You know? And that's, I mean, maybe we should add a fourth question to that of like, what, what needs to happen, right? Like once you discover all that, once you figure out the story and then you decide if it's serving you or not, and then you have that authentic conversation, like taking that next step. I mean, that's, that's where uh, it can even get 
I mean, for me, it's like the difficult part of like, okay, I know, right. But I don't do it, you know? (laughs) Well, but, but so first of all, how many times have you appreciated yourself for having that realization, like, and and Mm -hmm. having the wherewithal to really be able to look at that and go, oh my God, here I am again in this place that I don't want to be. Like we, so here's, here's what happens right above the line, right above the line in that where the protector is quiet, but he's always whispering right above the line. You know, if I just disappeared, I'd be lovable. And, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work. And, and now the, now the, this is that kind of polarity that, that, the protector lives with i've and this is why i struggle and and want so much to help people that do what you do Mm -hmm. because so much of what happens is their intentions are good but they're living them just above the line and then things finally stop working and wham i go over to the negative side and I'm cranky, and now the protector's going off. And you, and like you said, you see it in so many people. And so, first of all, like the most important thing for you to to recognize after just pure appreciation for having the self awareness to to be able to look at that mm-hmm. is everybody every single person on the planet has gone through this i don't care if it's you me I, look at the stories of jesus i mean he <laughs> he right. he got pretty cranky didn't he even <laughs> after right. he came back right. he still had parts of him that were and and it wasn't it didn't make him wrong right. and it didn't make him bad and so one of the things that i think is so critical especially for people that are trying to accomplish really big social change things is to breathe and relax and 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 you know so much of it is when you're below the line it's about the journey and when you're above the line it's i'm here which i don't like and it's there that i want to be and until i'm there i'm not going to be happy Mm. and so when you start to recognize number one that that's just natural it's natural it, it, you know there's a woman named Joel Bolte Taylor who uh, is one of my favorite people on the planet and she had a stroke and it shut down um, her left brain and when when her left brain was shut down the left hemisphere she said, oh, my God, I was I found this deep inner peace circuitry just lighting up. Uh, everything was okay. And she's a brain scientist having a stroke. And when the left side, she said, it was like all my baggage went away and all, all that stuff. So we all have access to that place. We call it flow, this little light of mine. Um, in, in my model, it, below the line, it, it's funneled because when you think about it above the line, you can have a much greater range of emotion. Super, we're going to go, go change the world, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and when that doesn't happen, I can't believe that all these people are creating this horrible horrible right. place like right. but when we come down below the line we are there's way less emotion it's still negative i'm frustrated it's still positive i'm pretty happy mm-hmm. but as you come down below that what i believe is that um 
and I don't care what you call it, whether you call it infinite intelligence or God or the universe, whatever you call that greater part, what Jill called her deep inner peace circuitry, mm -hmm. that's always, always there. And the problem is, is like when we're in, when we're, when we've got the protector going off and we're in little me land, it's like turning on the dark switch. Mm. And so, so much of what, when I start to recognize that if I'm below the line, I'm more centered and grounded. Other thing that fascinates me above the line, totally fear-based. Mm. The opposite of fear is curiosity. Like, hey, what is going on with you? Why are those people who I want to help change the world, why aren't they doing what they need to do? Mm. And being curious about it and open to it and being able to understand that they operate for the most part the same way that I do, just with a different set of core values, it gives right. me the room to be able to make those changes and to, and to create leadership where people are like, you know what? Shiloh's below the line a lot of the time, and she is just this light that I can go to, and I know that I'm not going to be judged, judgment, bullying, all that stuff completely above the line, forgiveness completely below the line. Mm -hmm. um, and so what, one of the things from a leadership standpoint that I want people to recognize is that you can be the light for people. Doesn't matter yeah. if it's your boss, if it's a subordinate, if it's a friend, a partner, and and that really needs to be where we focus our attention as much as we're focusing on trying to change make big changes. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I you know something that you said that just really hit home for me was this idea of like being below the line really um embraces the journey, you know, yes. just um yeah. I've heard it before where it's like you being unattached to the results. Like, um, I met with a spiritual director, one of my spiritual directors, um, a while ago, we were going through some really, really tough things. And I was really brokenhearted about kind of the results of how things turned out. And I just was in tears. And I was saying like, we did all this for that, you know, and my spiritual director was like, no, no, no. Like you gave your gift to the world and you don't get to decide how the world uses it, you know? And so your gift to the world is the fact that you, that's the journey. Like my journey is that I get to keep giving this gift. I get to keep giving the lights that I have and the, the, the skills that I have and the passion that I have. I get to keep giving that to people. Now, what they do with it, that I get to be unattached from because the moment I'm attached to that, I, my, well, to connect it to what you're saying, kind of my ego self, right. Comes in mm -hmm. and is like, like, why aren't they doing this? Well, I did this and why aren't people using it? And, you know, why are they, you know, all of these things. And you begin to like, you begin to find that part of you, that, that dark switch, right. That's like, wants to control and wants to manipulate and wants to make sure the results are there. And then I really had to stop and take a step back and be like, okay, like I get to give these things to the world, regardless of how people choose to use them, ignore them, throw them away or use it and bless others. It doesn't matter. My gift is that I get to give this to the world. And so I think that's a story that I get to tell every single day. And so many people that are listening, I think we're all our hope, right. Is, is, is to have results. 
And yet that is the very thing being attached to that is the very thing that keeps us in like below the line or is it below? No, I'm sorry. Above the line. I said the opposite, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, where I mean, we all want results, but it's the issue of, you know, if my, if my happiness is conditional on those results yes. happening in the way that I want them to, then I'm above the line. Absolutely. Right, right, right. And, right. and the other thing, Shiloh, uh, that I can just totally feel is, you know, the other thing is that you provide people with a, a way to get in touch with their own light, their own, uh, that little light of theirs, right? In yeah. other words, and, and we have to, you know, I, I think that that one of the things that I really want to stay away from is this idea of detaching from the results or mm. because uh, what's the stoicism? You know, okay, it's yeah. almost like, hey, you know what? Just pretend that you don't care. Well, you do. You do. You're <laughs> right. always going to care. That's true. And that thinking is, is that's that right above the line thinking. Mm. You know, I'm just going to detach from it. I'm not going to yeah. bull. You are always going to. But but if what you can do is have reasonable expectations about how it matters and why mm. it matters, I have I, I, – um, our kids went to uh, uh, an alternative public school that required parental participation. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> as a result of that, we, you know, 20 some odd years later, have this core group of friends that have camped more times than I can count for long weekends and have had more what we call clubhouse gang gets to get togethers. We had Thanksgiving Thanksgivings recently. We have walkies and Thanksgivings and all these I things. <laughs> and so I was explaining the model to one of the people in the group. And, you know, she, all of a sudden she like this light went off. She's like, oh my God, when we're together, we're all below the line, aren't we? I'm like, uh, yep. Yep. That's yeah. Yep. And so recognizing, you know, that the biggest thing that you can do in the work that you're doing is help people to come below the line. Mm. Like with your leaders project, the number one thing you want is for them to be able to operate below the line. When my, yeah. when my wife gets mad at me, man, oh man, you think that I hop up above the line with her? Oh, hell no. I sit, <laughs> I zip it. Just like the counter agent, I let her get all of her frustrations out. Mm -hmm. And then she gets to that little smile, that embarrassed smile. <laughs> and then we have a real conversation. Yeah. And sure. so, so much of what you, you, your changes are going to be little at first, but you have to have to have an expectation and an understanding that they need to be small and, and gradually get bigger and accumulate momentum. Mm -hmm. um, and, and also I think the other thing is you have to recognize that you're going to be above the line every now and then. And right. that they're, but, but what happens is you're not above the line as much. It's not as severe and you get down below the line a lot easier and a lot quicker and it's practice. Please, if you, anybody takes away anything from this, make your life practice because then you have the room, more of that space between stimulus and response to go, oh, man, oh, man, I really let the protector take off on that one. And <laughs> yeah. what was his message to me? And how can I deal with that and, and come up with solutions below the line? Um, just so critical. 
I love that. And that's perfect because we're called practice good and it's all about practicing. It's not, you know, giving good and living good. It's, it's about practicing it. You know, we, we talk about practicing medicine, like we get to practice good. It's, it's not something that just happens and you're good at it, right? This is just a lifestyle. So we get to practice all of this and, um, and, and we get to practice being good to ourselves. We get to practice telling ourselves good stories. And well, stories and that's that the back. first place, isn't it? Right. Yeah. I mean, think about it. The people that, that have made the biggest changes in the world are the ones who do it from this really centered and grounded place. And mm-hmm. that is because they're practicing, you know, this is, we talk about selfishness all the time. Oh my God, he's so selfish. Well, that's, that's that's little me land, the protector judging somebody who is being selfish from a little me perspective. But when you're selfish below the line, you're taking good care of yourself so that you can take good care of other people. Mm. And, and so, you know, I, I think that I've wanted to talk about this because it's something that I keep coming back to and I don't feel like I've, I've fully examined it yet. But the issue truly is to be a good agent of social change, you got to have good self-care first. You got to be able to take care of yourself, not beat yourself up for going above the line, appreciating right. that you do that, and then recognizing it in everybody else. Like, oh my God, there's somebody in Little Me Land, and I'm going to stay here in my authentic place, and I'm going to appreciate that that's where they are. I'm going to create a space for them to come down and join me. Um, it's a whole different approach than I think so many people get stuck in a, well, until it's, until everything's great, nothing's good. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Are you, are you familiar with, okay. So I'll, I I won't talk forever, but I think this is, it fits exactly with what you're, you're saying. Um, on America's, is it American, not American Idol, uh, America's got talent. Yes. You know who I'm talking about? Nightbird. And she says, we don't have to wait for life not to be hard anymore for us to choose to be happy. And I think that's so true. Like we create, and even Tony Robbins says this, like you get to create all these, we create all these stipulations on our happiness and we call them goals, you know, (laughs) like, uh, I'll be happy when this happens and this happens, but, um, but we get to step back and examine, examine that really, and kind of choose to, I love how you say live below the line. And, and the cool part about below the line is for me, that's a reminder of like staying grounded, like staying rooted in your authentic self. Like it's the, it's below the line, it's stable, it's solid, it's firm, it's a foundation. And, um, and it's something you can rely on. And, And when you're down there that, you know, think about this, this is, the connection that everybody wants spiritually or religiously, the further you go down, the more centered and grounded you are. You're familiar with the concept of flow. And flow is, and this is the other thing. One of the things that that the protector does and what we do in Little Me Land is we want to make, you know, if it's not, if it's not the big thing, then nothing else matters. And what fascinates me has fascinated me, in, in this practice that I've been doing for 15-ish years now is 
It's the little things. It mm-hmm. is the little things where all the grace is, where all the, you know, it's that person in a concentration camp saving a piece of bread to give to somebody who is going right. to die without it, that ultimate grace. And so when we start living below the line, we're open to so much more of that and moving further south more more often. You know, we have this story that, you know, I'm going to be enlightened and then everything's going to be perfect. It's not how it works. Right. Didn't work that way for Jesus. And I mean, he still got angry here and there less, right? And he and 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 he was able to live way down low. And and when you're in flow, I'm that's your connection to source. Like when right. you're and, and this is the thing that I wanted to say is, you know, you're driving down a, a freeway and 30 minutes all of a sudden you're like, oh, and that's the protector, like, oh my God, I've been driving for 30 minutes and I have no recollection of it, right? But right be- before that, and for those 30 minutes, you are fully connected to your source, to your God. And that's what allowed you to drive a car for 30 minutes without having any idea of what you were doing. And you did a great job of it. You never hit the line because it would have jolted you out of it. Mm. And and it's the same with our kids and with our our partners when we fall newly in love or when we're working on that project with a bunch of people and you've just had a fabulous day helping somebody build a place or a school or whatever whatever it is and there's that just that work together when almost without words and you get such amazing things done when we're below the line we get to recognize all that yeah and and the more we recognize all that the further down we go, the more often, and the bigger the changes we make. And people want to follow us there. Like mm-hmm. they want and, – and, and so – but, you know, instead we have a lot of what's going on now with social change and the anger and mm-hmm. the canceling of if you don't believe right. this, then you don't count. And, oh, my God, talk about living in little, little me land in a right. big way. Ooh, right. It's right. killing us. Well, I think I'm so glad you joined us today because I think you've given me a gift. I turned 39 last month and I have been thinking, okay, 39, I have one year before I'm 40 and I want to <laughs> give myself a gift and it, and I want it to be like the process of the year. And what do I need? I need, I'm, I'm working on self-care. I'm working on compassion. I'm of self-compassion. I'm, I'm working on slowing down and I'm trying to figure out how do I bundle all that together to be a gift for myself. And I think uh, you gave me this gift of, um, you mentioned graces in the little things. And I think yeah. if I think my theme this year is like a year of little things, like how do I just slow down and acknowledge like the little things, like the time with my kids and the, um, the walks that I get to take and, you know, all the little things that help me to stay below the line and stay in my authentic self and ask myself, you know, questions that serve me. And so I just, I'm so grateful for you being with us today. And I just want to thank you so much for joining us and sharing with us your sweet wisdom. And I know it's been a (laughs) blessing to me and I'm sure it has for everyone here who's been listening. As you can tell, it's uh, my passion. And when I get to do this, guess where I go? (laughs) Way down low. And I I like it. it. 
I love it. I love it. Thank you. Well, Chris, how, if somebody wants to learn more about this or kind of go deeper, um, what do you have a website or something where they can kind of uh, learn a little bit more? Best place to go. Oh, the stories we tell.com. Oh, the stories we tell. And I didn't realize it until somebody said, oh, like Dr. Susan. And absolutely. Like, I want that lightness, right? Lighten up. By the way, the, the, the other thing just to, to mention is this is about appreciation. Like you want to be below the line, start appreciating. And you really want to be below the line, start appreciating the people that are the problem. Mm. Start understanding how you can authentically tell their story, mm. and then you have the ability to start to work in ways that they can relate to. Wow. And so, <clears throat> anyway, appreciation. Um, go to go to oh, the stories we tell dot com, and then if your audience would do me uh, the sweetest favor, um, you, I want to have a vanity URL um, on YouTube, so to be YouTube you know, dot com forward slash other stories we tell. <clears throat> I need a hundred people to, um, to uh, subscribe to that, uh, you know, be a follower. And yeah. so if you would do this, if your people would go to YouTube, search for, oh, the stories we tell, up uh-huh. will come a little um, thought bubble in blue with orange writing that says, oh, the stories we tell. And just click on that and uh, be a subscriber to the channel. On the homepage, we just figured this out the other day, there's a playlist called uh, The Honesty Project. And this is with uh, a friend that I told about the model seven or eight years ago. And she came back to me in February of last year and she said, you know, um, I, this, we need to, we need to do something with this. And I've had a really rough upbringing and kind of a, a struggler with, with life. And I'd like to practice this with you. And so there are currently about 14 pieces, 14 videos up with her and I just talking about it. And, um, yeah. it's lovely. It's just it, to see and and to hear her talk now about, you know, how much better she is at living life. Um, it's really lovely. So that and and then I Facebook and Instagram, I'm not doing a ton there yet, but that's Addo the Stories We Tell as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. I know people will jump over there and start following you. I myself personally will do that. And I am just so thrilled about the gift you've given us today. So we appreciate you and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Shiloh. Totally appreciate the opportunity. What are the stories that we're telling ourselves today? Are they stories that give us peace? Are they stories that bring our world unity? Are they stories that bring joy or comfort to those in need or lost or lonely? It makes me think a lot about the stories I tell myself personally, and I think that's what we get to step back and ask ourselves today. Because most of us listening here probably are asking that all the time about others, how we can serve others and love others and lead others and make a better world. But what about our internal peace? What about the good that we give ourselves internally? And how are those stories affecting the life that we live and the behaviors that we choose? So I guess we get to give ourselves permission to step back and ask that question. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Uh, you're welcome to head over to my nonprofit website. It's called theleaderteam.org. Learn more about the work that we do. And also, if you'd like to contact me, you can email me at hello at theleaderteam.org. Make sure to subscribe, share, and tell a friend. Mm-hmm.